Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. This is the inaugural episode of Booze and Ghouls. Yay! We're sticking with that name. Let's stick with it. I like it. Even though we're not having booze tonight. Ollie, are you going to be... We will have booze at some point. Around here a lot. My dog is jingling. I don't know. He's happy. Um, He'll be running around, possibly barking at some point. Oh, I didn't hear noise at some time. That's okay. So, Booze and Ghouls, let me introduce myself. I'm Alana. Hi, Alana. I'm Leanne. Hi, Leanne. How are you? This feels weird. Like it does feel weird. So very close to you. (laughs) Anyway, so we are starting this podcast because uh, we want to talk about some paranormal stories, some conspiracy theories, and uh, anything else we might find interesting. And usually we're doing it with a little drinky drink. Today we have iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. What is yours? Or just Dunkin' now. Oh, that's right. They did bring the donuts now, I guess. Well, they do. I guess they dropped the donuts. Um, I don't they still have donuts. Yeah, they do. Um, okay, what is like your signature drink? Like alcoholic drink? No, coffee order. Mm. Like if I were to say, hey, let's pop on down to the nearest coffee shop, what is your signature go-to drink? My favorite, well, okay, I have different favorites drinks at different places. Okay. Like a Dunkin', I like to get the iced coffee with caramel swirl mm-hmm. um, cream. And at Starbucks, I either like caramel macchiato or a nice chai latte. How about you? I'm a basic bitch. This is what I like every single place I go. Biggest iced coffee you can find. Cream and sugar with a shot of espresso. If at all possible, hazelnut, but I do swum it at the McDonald's with a French vanilla because they some years back quit having hazelnut. Wait, your McDonald's doesn't have hazelnut? Your McDonald's does? They might. I don't they don't have it in Ohio anymore. Well that's another thing. I'm I live in Ohio, Toledo, near Toledo, Ohio. And I'm in New York City, but for this first episode, Leanne is here with me Yay! and we're recording together. And um, so that will be different for all the future episodes. Right. I have to go back to Ohio at some point. Well, continue my job. <laughs> um, Leanne is a teacher. I, I teach. And um, I have a boring office job. But. Mm. <laughs> right now you have a boring house job. Well, I don't work from home because everybody's working from home right. because we're all still that thing. in quarantine. But. Uh. Hopefully, when this finally airs, people will things will be a little better, 
we'll be getting back to normal, but who knows? I can't wait to go back to normal. What's uh what's one thing you're looking forward to doing once we can go do stuff with people again? You know, I, I don't even like to do anything or go anywhere. <laughs> but I do look forward to well, two things. Going back to school normal when like my kids can be there. You know, I can see the smile on their face when they throw a desk at me. And also, I really, I look forward to going to the local bar at my town, in my town, Billy Beeps, having a cocktail with the fam. Nice. Yeah. I miss eating out at restaurants. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, we don't have cool restaurants in Ohio, though. We have, like, tennies. <laughs> we have some cool restaurants. I mean, I've been there Morris before. Is also a dining experience. I miss shoes. my favorite. I miss is going to Hibachi because oh, you get to sit there and it's like a little show. They do the volcano onion thing. And the flames go whoosh. But anyway, I think we should maybe uh, get into some stories here. What do you think? That sounds like a phenomenal idea. Um, we also didn't decide who was going first. I, I say you. I because I feel like maybe you should. So no, I'll, I'll go, go first. first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can do it. Do, should we rock, paper, scissors? Well, uh, I'll just, I'll go first this time, and then you can go first That's next fine. time. Yeah. So, well, that works. Totally. Um, so what are you going to tell about? Like, what is your thing? What is your So niche? we didn't come up with a, we didn't come up with a theme. In the future, if we want to come up with a theme, we can come up with a theme. Okay. But I've got the paranormal beat, and you've okay. got the conspiracy theory beat. Gotcha. And we're going to try to stick sort of close to that. Okay. As it goes. Well, Paranormal is such a wide field. Correct. It can be like ghosts or cryptids or, you know, stuff like that. Right. But conspiracy theory, I feel like, is also pretty wide oh. because you've got government conspiracies and alien me. conspiracies. Right. And, you know, there's some true crime conspiracies, I feel like. I, there are some really good ones. There's some really, really good ones. All right. Well, I will go first this time. I do have a ghost story for you today. Yeah, I love ghosts. But before we can get into the actual ghosts and give you some history, so I just want to tell you. Um, I do love history. I picked a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Okay, what's that? Um, my favorite place, one of my favorite places, because, you know, we're both, how we met was we're both from Florida. Well, not from originally, but we met in Florida going to school there. And we've known each other since the third grade. Yes, we've known each other since third grade. And we went to school together. We graduated high school together. And uh, remained friends. Mm-hmm. We, but we weren't really good friends until after graduation. Right. Were you a valedictorian? Uh, well, I don't really remember that. <laughs> <laughs> what? But yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, that kind and, of maybe explains why we weren't very good friends. And Leanne was a cheerleader. I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But, so, one of my favorite places in Florida is St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. I've been there once. And in St. Augustine. Third grade. Just once? Third grade. My parents took me and I got to pick a friend. It wasn't you. I feel bad. No, but it was Natalie. So I picked the Castillo de San Marcos, which is the um, big stone-looking fort there. It's kind of star-shaped. It's uh, right on the water. It is... um, it was constructed, well, construction began in 1672, mm-hmm. completed 
1695. Because St. Augustine is the oldest place, right? Yeah, St. Augustine is the oldest city in the U.S. Oh, that's so cool. It was established in 1565. Wow. And the fort is actually the oldest fort in the continental U.S., I think. Um, Yeah, construction began in 1672 because in 1668 the British sacked the town and all the wooden forts that they used to use were destroyed. Um, it's made with coquina, which is a mixture of shells and uh, other sediment. And they form this stone. It's kind of like concrete, but with shells in it. And it's very sturdy, and that's what they made it out of. So it wouldn't burn, and it would be able to withstand uh, all the fightings. It's got three sides surrounded by a moat with a battery on the other side. And the possession of the fort has changed several times. Um, originally, I think, Florida was under Spanish rule, and then it transferred over to the British, and then to uh, American possession after America won its independence. And then for a time, it was under the Confederacy during the Civil War, and then transferred back to the Union. Okay. And so... Well, this whole time it was under military possession until 1933 when it was deactivated. And it was declared a national monument in 1924 and is now considered, um, I think it's covered under the National Parks. Like, oh, that's cool. Monuments, whatever, so it's, it's big. It's over 20 acres, the whole site. And you can go and tour it. I don't remember how much... Ticket prices are, and they might have. Uh, I'm sure they yeah, I'm sure it's more than the last time I've been there. But it's really cool if you get a chance and you go to St. Augustine. You should definitely go check it out because also, I think the coastline is eroding. No way. Um, and eventually, so see it while you can. <laughs> yeah, see it while you can because eventually it might be underwater. You know, climate change and all that. Um, but it's pretty cool, and there are a number of ghost tours in the city of St. Augustine. They offer, um, like, you can go tour around the fort, and even at night. I went on one. It was really cool. Um, I've actually been on two ghost tours in St. Augustine. Um, I feel like the one we walked around the outside of the fort at night, and the other one that I was on, I was just like a trolley thing, so you just sit there, um, and they, like, explain things to you. I don't think we got off there. The other one that I went on, we did the city jail in St. Augustine, which is also how haunted. That's um, awesome. I've only been on one ghost tour. That's but yeah, I mean, when, you're, when your town is like almost 500 years old, you're going to have some ghosts. You're going to have some ghosts. Um, so, now we can get into some of the ghosts. Lay them on me. Mostly the history there. Obviously not comprehensive. You can look up the rest, but so for a time, the fort was used as a prison for Native Americans, which is not cool. Which, let it be known, I am 116th Native American. There was Osceola, who was a leader of the Seminole tribe in Florida. Yeah, I He spent him. some time there, and he made friends with this doctor, which was, that was Ollie. Um, which was probably not, like, they were, they were friends, but then this doctor was also kind of not a cool guy. Because after Osceola died, he cut off his head and brought it back. And shrunk it and then put it on display there. So a lot of people um, claim to see uh, headless apparitions uh, at the mm-hmm. fort, which like they his think, body? yeah, which they think could be Osceola. Yikes. Um, 
There also was a pirate who was. Are you going to tell me about him? No. I'm sorry, I have to. Who was unsuccessfully executed there. So (gasps) they tried to execute him, but it didn't work. They did the. Garroting, have you ever heard of that? I, where oh. they, it's like they put a rope and around your neck and, and they so. tighten it with a wooden dowel. Um, but they tried to do that to him and it didn't work. That's and sucks. He, and he was so he was still alive. And then I don't remember what happened after that actually. Oh. So, but well, they, they let him live. Oh, did they? Yeah, so he survived. But then he still died in haunts that area. Right. As, as they have died. a picture of there's pictures you can see of him. Uh, like his apparition. Um, a lot of human remains were found inside the fort during different times. Um, they There's like secret rooms and things that were opened if you go. There's this one really creepy area that you have to kind of like duck down under to get inside. And that room, when they first discovered it, was like full of bones. Um, another thing that happened was there was uh, a colonel at one time there, Colonel Garcia Marty, and he had a wife named Dolores who was a lot younger than he was. And so she, I guess he was kind of not the nicest guy. And so she met his assistant, Captain Manuel Abela. Yeah. And they started up an affair. Nice. Apparently the colonel found out about this. And was not happy, and both Dolores and the captain disappeared. Until later, people who were looking in the fort found something that sounded hollow, and so they excavated and found a secret room, and there were a pair of skeletons in there. Oh, they died together. So they, well, killed them. I hate death. I mean, I hate death. I hate love anyway, but that's. But yeah, so they were killed by him and stored there and found later. And people say that they can still smell perfume around there and they see a woman apparition and that they think it's Dolores. So one of the other ghosts that they see is a shadow man on the drawbridge. Ooh. And then there's a Spanish soldier that can be seen at both sunrise and sunset. That just stands out and looks up to see, apparently. And so, lots of paranormal investigators have investigated the fort, and uh, including <laughs> the Ghost Adventures team. You ever watched Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans and crew? Uh, they went there in season two, episode two, which was back in 2009. Um, so, before they went in, they interviewed a bunch of people. And heard the eyewitness reports of the different soldiers, soldiers, spirits, and people being touched. Um, people have said that they feel like cold hand touching them in some of the rooms, and there's like, uh, you know, cold spots or people get chill when they walk in. So the team investigated. They actually got locked in overnight, and they actually captured a lot of evidence. They had some screams and voices uh, recorded on their with their EVP, um, some really creepy voices, including a growl. Oh. Um, they experienced cold spots and breezes in places where there were no windows. Um, they had unexplained footsteps that were recorded on camera. 
and they even captured an apparition of what looked to be like something lighting a lantern. You know, back mm-hmm. in the day, they had those oil lanterns and you mm-hmm. had to kind of strike to light them. And so it was on the top of the fort, and if you're looking out, it looked like someone was kind of striking a light, mm-hmm. and then the light bounced along like someone was carrying a lantern along the way. That'd be crazy. And they see. also saw flashes from the cannons. There's so there's cannons all along the fort, like mm-hmm. you have in, like a, you do. in a normal fort. And so if you look on the video, you can see um, little flashes going off that looks like, almost like the cannons were being fired. Um, and so that was like, there's a lot of evidence. That is a lot. It was really, it was, it's actually a really good episode too, because you get to see the fort and how creepy it is. And they go in that room that I've been in before that you have to like duck into and go in. And um, there were just like a bunch of, like a pile of bones when they discovered this room. I mean, they're not there anymore, but it is very, like, a short little room, and it's creepy, and you get a weird feeling in there. Um, maybe I will find some of my pictures, and I can, Ooh, I can put wait. them up um, when we have a website for people to see, because I have been there multiple times, and it's pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the Castillo de San Marcos. It's Yay. super haunted. I want to go and, there. And you should check it out. Um, I did. The only thing I remember from going to St. Augustine when I was in third grade is that um, the girl that I was with, Natalie, they let me bring one friend. She sang um, Alanis Morissette Ironic. And I remember I thought it was like hardcore because there was like the BAM word in it. And I was like... <laughs> That is the only thing I remember from St. Augustine, so I think to be at that very unrelated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we can go. We can go. I want to go. I think that'd be a blast. <laughs> All right. So, what do you have to tell me? Um, I have. Okay, so I'm trying to think of what was the best conspiracy theory to like, you know, what what the old whistle essentially and kind of get you get you in my trap. And I picked. And have you ever heard of this? The Titanic. I have not heard of the <gasps> Titanic conspiracy. It's gonna shake you to your core. Okay. Alright, I'm ready. So a little a little history here. Hold on to my core. Hold on to it. You're gonna wanna hold on tight because it's gonna fly right out. Alright. White Star Line. So that was the name of the line of ships that the Titanic was part of was the White Star Line. And in nineteen oh two, a man you may have heard of, JP Morgan. Have you heard of the Morgans? Uh JP Morgan and Chase like Correct. the finance team? Yes. He's a bad a bad guy, and he also um, there's a whole other big thing about how there's like five families that uh, essentially like run the world, and he's and the Morgans are one of them. But anyway, he was one of the people, and I think it's J. Pierpoint Morgan, but most people just say J. P. Morgan. He was one of the what people the that purchased for? it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I, J. Pier J. Piermont. Um, he they bought it. He had good money at the time, so they bought it, you know, and they're going to try to get rich. And it was like a luxury set of money. So they had the Titanic, and then they had the Olympic. Have you ever heard of the Olympic? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. You are going to die. Okay. So, and I'm going to read this little thing just so I can tell you the date. September 20th, 1911, the Olympic, which was like a, a cruise liner, just like the Titanic, um, it collided with a British little... Uh, cruise liner, a little guy called the, US, uh, the HMS Hawk. 
So they collided, and the Hawk was only like 7,500 tons, so a little bit smaller. The Olympic was 45,000 tons. So, wow. Yeah. A lot, lot bigger. So the damage was extensive to the Hawk. It did, it did make it, like, it almost sunk, but it did, it did make it, but the Olympic was like ruined. Okay? So you got the Olympic. And it's the White Star Line owns it, and it's out of commission though. They were able to get it back to uh, Southampton, England, but it can't, it can't like make another voyage. So you have the Olympic, and it is gonna make its way back to England, and it sits there because of nothing they can do with it. The insurance wouldn't pay out because it was their fault. Ooh. So now we're, <laughs> and I put in my notes. The repairs were costly, and the White Star Line was already sinking in debt. <laughs> so you do like puns? I do. I do like puns. I don't know why. I'm a, I'm a, I have a cheesy sister. So Olympic sinking in debt. White Star Line. So enter the Titanic. So as you know, I'm gonna give. You, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna explain to you like what happened with the Titanic, and then we're gonna circle back to the conspiracy kind of if that makes okay. sense. So really quick, Titanic. You've seen the movie, I'm sure. Never heard. Of um, just get rid of it. Um, also, we addressed that the movie was so long that remember when it came in the VHS? It was, it was two. two, yeah, there was like, two. Why though? Because they can only fit. So, I don't know. It was a good I movie. don't understand. I movie. guess me neither. Um, so anyway, so it was set to depart 1912, April 11, 1912. So at about 11:40 at night, the guy who was um the lookout. He sees that they're about to come up into this iceberg. And so William Murdoch, who was the head guy, the ordered captain. Um, the captain, head guy, <laughs> ordered the ship to be steered around an obstacle and then to shut the engines off because they were going to think they were going like, to kind of miss it. They didn't miss it, as you know the story. And every time when I was researching this, all I could think about is the movie when the, the researcher guy is like, and then come along the iceberg, and it's punching holes in the ship like Morse code. Boom, boom, boom. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. Okay. I remember the old lady, and that she dropped it's the, the, the necklace. It's been eighty-four years. You did a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as we all know, it became damaged by the iceberg. We're gonna sink. Sinking. I thought it was interesting. It said that uh, there were. Five airtight compartments, and there were, uh, they flooded, and it could not, they finally realized, oh no, it's going to sink, because more than four of them were being flooded. So apparently you can have four flooded, and it's okay, but if there's five flooded, you're going to be screwed. Hmm. Didn't know that. So anyway, maybe they just assume at some point they're going to hit something, and as long as only one of the compartments or two fill up. Yeah. I think it's just like a fail-safe, because it's a boat. Right. And I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Either. But anyway, so, you know, they weren't prepared. You know the story about, obviously, the life preserver thingies. There weren't enough because you thought that the thing looked flooded or looked up, like looked too messy with all of the lifeboats they were supposed to have. So, unfortunately, they tried. They didn't think it would sink. They didn't. Well, God himself couldn't sink. <laughs> I mean, Billy Zane, Titanic. <laughs> Um, so, anyway, there was a lifeboat nearby, and they, it could have accommodated more people, but the crew hadn't been, you know, adequately trained in how to get people off the ship. 
I know now, like, you've been on a cruise before. I've never been on a cruise. But I know from, like, pictures, when people go on cruises, like, one of the very first things that they do is they get you together and they tell you, like, what to do in case yeah. you're going to have a Titanic. You have, to <laughs> try to, you have to try your life vest on and they tell you how to get in the boat and they show you what the boat looks like. I don't really remember more they didn't than that, do that. But that's what they do now. They didn't do that in the Titanic. In the Titanic, they had some bourbon. Leo was outdrawn pictures there was, and they called it. There was enough room on that door. There was a hundred okay, well that's a whole nother <laughs> That's a real conspiracy. It's Leo in that door. Um I did see something on Facebook that showed like there's like eighty seven different ways that he could have survived that on that door. Yeah. But, you know, but then it wouldn't have been, words. you know, wouldn't have had the tears flowing, it wouldn't have been a good story. So this I thought was interesting, and this isn't really anything to do with the conspiracy, it's just kind of about the sinking of the Titanic. It says that they didn't know how many they could safely put in the lifeboats, so third-class passengers were likely, largely, left to fend for themselves. No, that makes sense. And then in the big fat letters, I have, <laughs> Nothing sounds has like America in hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's unfortunately they got trapped behind you for that. Obviously, that scene when they went to open the door. They got trapped below. Uh, there was a woman and children first protocol, so that was good at least. Women and children first. Most of the men were left, you know. So, fast forward to about 2 o'clock in the morning. The Titanic breaks in half, sinks. Boom, 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 boom. Bob's your uncle. People were freezing to death. You die of cardiac arrest. Only a handful freezing of people. water. And what's crazy is, like, there were people in the boat that did make it into the boat. But there were, like, people chilling in the water. Like, can't let me on the boat. And they, like, wouldn't let him on the boat. Oh, I don't know if they thought, like, it would sink. That's right. Or, well, obviously, you just saw the Titanic. Like, <laughs> so you're probably thinking, like, I don't trust boats at this point. So, anyway, a distress symbol was sent out. And uh, one person ignored it. Meanwhile, the US, the SS Californian, which was the boat nearest, um, they were in contact, but they failed to assist. Mm. And, actually, it's interesting. Well, I'll get back to that. But, uh, finally, at 4 a.m., the RMS Carpathia did arrive, um, but by then, obviously, the boat sank. People are dead. But anyway, I thought this was interesting too. Is the Carpathians, uh, Carpathia's captain uh, described the place as an ice field that included twenty large bergs, and it's literally called Iceberg Alley. Iceberg Alley. So I have in my why WTF. There were ice yeah. warnings, but the Titanic just said, faster, faster. Why are you going to take your boat through a place called Iceberg Alley? You got a really That really sounds like solid question. the stretch of highway in Florida that's called Alligator Alley. It goes through the Everglades, and you see so many alligators. Right. I mean, you still have to kind of go there if you want to go to Key West. It's like the only way to get there. I don't know if it's the only way to get where they were going with the Titanic, but they're just like, eh. I don't even really We'll know. risk it. Sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> But also, they hit an iceberg. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. So, so they anyway, did not get the biscuit. They did not get the biscuit. They got ice cold biscuits <laughs> of ice in their, in their, uh, actually now that I think, because I was hardcore judging the people in the boats that were watching the people freezing the water, but now I get it, like, if your boat was stuck, why would you, like, try to keep people on your boat? Like, what if those things just do that we're all dead? Yeah. So I guess I kind of don't judge them as much as I did prior to talking to Sabbath. So that's a little bit, I mean, I didn't go too far into the Titanic, because 
because obviously people know the history people of the history. However, let's I get will to show you. Conspiracy. I want to show you. So, just for your future, and I, and I mean, obviously, I don't have this in for sure. This is the Olympic, and this is the Titanic. So they look so as you similar. can see, they look quite similar. They both have four big barrel smokestack thingies. They're black on the bottom, white on the top. They got little windows. They have a tall thingy in the front and a tall steeple thingy in the back. I think that's called a mast, maybe? A mast. Is it um, a mast? That makes sense. So, maybe that's only on a... Uh, no, I think you're right, actually. That seems right. A sail That seems right. I don't know. So, what's the conspiracy? The plan was simple. Switch the Olympic or the Titanic and sink it. Because then you get compensation. Oh. So kind of like when people take out a life insurance policy right before they murder someone? Close, yes. <laughs> because think about it. it what, they have insurance on the Titanic, and when the Titanic hits the iceberg, they obviously are going to get insurance money for that sinking, because that's not that's out of their control. You know, how did you control to go to Iceberg Alley to take the ship? But, so the Titanic... They're saying there's a conspiracy that the Titanic is actually the Olympic. And so the Olympic is the ship that's at the bottom Correct. of the Atlantic Ocean. Correct. Interesting. Yes. So the plan was no one would know that they swapped it except for J.P. Morgan, which shady AF, so I believe it, and a couple other of the people that worked there. And also, one of them was quoted, and I think it was J.P. Morgan, but I'm not positive, was quoted as saying, if you looked at the ships when they were sitting right beside each other, you would not know which they were except for the name on the ships. And when you saw the pictures, yeah, they, they looked, looked very identical. identical. Yes. So they decided as soon as that was the issue. There, the one big issue was that the Olympic had tile flooring and the Titanic had uh, carpet. So easy enough, put some carpet in the Olympic and now it has carpet, you know, and you don't realize that it's not brand new. Yeah. Um, so other parts of the ships, they might have had to change like a little bit of a deck here and there, but all things. And you got to think too. And at first, I was like thinking, there's no way they could get away with this. This is before phones. You know what I mean? So even once you got on the the Titanic, and you're like, uh, you, you know, you're. I, I imagine I look like Kate Winslet in this scenario. <laughs> probably more like what's her name, Kathy Bates. But you know, and you walk in, you got the corset, and you walk in, and you see like this is not a new ship. What are you going to do? You're not going to get on like Instagram and like you know, roast them or trip advisor, like bad trip. You're going to bitch about it to your friends, but you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it could have completely happened. So anyway, they go on and the cosmetic differences also looked, um, they were like very, 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 very similar. Like on the outside, you couldn't really tell a difference. And so I have this little snippet of information that I highlighted that I think is hella interesting so let's say for chance that i'm this is a correct conspiracy and the olympic is the one that's at the bottom so they said uh most of the shortcomings of the olympic were addressed in the 1913 refit and they altered the olympic to look more like the titanic so wait so this other ship the one mm -hmm. that they couldn't get the insurance money for mm -hmm. they altered it later to look like they said they altered it but think about it if it's already the but titanic, if it already was the titanic yes they could just say that yeah okay so they took they said they the modifications were for greater safety 
because of the loss of the Titanic, but they made it look like the Titanic. Interesting. Right. So the only, and I'll show you the picture and it's kind of hard. You can look this up online yourself. But one of the things they talk about are the portholes. So if you see the portholes, um, these are the portholes. The portholes from the Olympic are thin and uneven. And the portholes from the Titanic are larger and even. And then if you look at what's underneath, they show what's the pictures taken underneath in the water. Oh, and under the water yep. of the wreckage. Correct. The same photo enhanced and then black and white. Do those look big and even to you or do they look like the Olympic? Small and uneven. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I see that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So to me, it kind of seems like there might actually be some, you know, some some juice to this. Uh, so that's not the only one. Uh, there are people who have over the years come out deathbed confess confessions that the two ships were scuffed. Like people who were involved. Correct. Oh. Uh, the one person I think is interesting is they called him Patty Fenton, and uh, he said that on his deathbed that they were flipped, and they told him, and this is what they said. They said <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Um, they took all the surviving crew together and they told them that it was the official secrets act explaining that if they told anyone, they would go to prison a minimum of 20 years and they would never have the other. Oh my God. So like, if you think about it, you know, back in the day, like, what were you going to do? Your family, you know, you, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to keep your mouth shut until you're about to die. And then you're going to be like, oh, by the way, this shit happened. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't that wild? So anyway, there are people who say he he's a liar. He was never on the manifest. But Patty was his nickname. So I think his real name was James for some reason. Um, but So you can't really prove or disprove that he was on there. But yeah, there, I was there a, Was there someone with his, like, James Fenton? Exactly. Name? I'm not sure. But Some also, say, so what was he, what was his job, did it say? Um, it didn't say he was, he was one of the workers, so okay. it just says he was a seaman. Oh, okay. A seaman. I mean, like, he was one of the seamen. He was one of the seamen. <laughs> well, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> but what do you, I mean, what do you, what is your thought on deathbed confessions? Well, this is the thing, is, I feel like, if you know you're about to die, why would you lie? There's no nothing for you to gain from lying. In your right. Bed. But at the same time, it's like when you have someone in prison, like a serial killer or whatever, right. they will confess to murders That's that they true. didn't commit. That's to true. be like, so oh, by the way, I killed also this person and this by person. By the way, I killed JFK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think this is very interesting, and I, I think that, like I said, I don't know, if information wasn't as, as prevalent and fluid as it is now. So, like I said before, you well, and how do you know that the manifest is completely accurate exactly. anyway? If you're smart enough to do all this, you're smart enough to cover your tracks pretty well. And also, too, another point is, like, a lot of people who, who will say this is complete BS will also be like, they, what, they were just going to change the ships? And, you know, this isn't like, hey, you and I are going to go for a trip and we see, what's the Titanic? Are they making that the Olympic and take pictures? Like, that didn't happen. You know, so you couldn't be, like, taking pictures and expose people like you would today. And insurance fraud was really popular at that time, uh, which can be noted. Oh, also, this is interesting. Uh, it's not super-duper tight, like, hardcore good, but J.P. Morgan 
and uh, one of the other owners of White Star Line, both were supposed to be on there, and then uh, like canceled their trip at the last minute and cited health issues in arm air quotes. But both of them were reported to not have been spotted out having fun with their families. So if they knew that they were trying to purposely sink correct this boat, yeah. they might have taken it through there on purpose. Through Iceberg Alley. Also important to know. Because they wanted it to They wanted it to sink because they wanted the insurance money. The Californian was the other uh, the other ship that was supposed to come help them. And I will write, I did have on here, um, that the Californian was actually, which I'm so glad right now I get that. Oh, it's right here. It, um, it was rumored that it was empty and all they had there were blankets and sweaters. Huh. So, I think that if this is true, the Californian was there, and they didn't want to kill people. Because, like, it's funny, and you and I, I'm sure we'll get into this at one point. My sister and I, like, argue about this because she's like, they want to kill all those people for money. People that care about money more than human life, a dollar yeah, is more important to them than a thousand lives. You know yeah. what I mean? So, to me, oh, they want to kill people for money. Yes. They want to kill uh, people do it, you know, people yes, do it all the time. people do it all the time. So there is that. And then I do, and I knew, you know, some people say, like, that that was normal for people to say they were going to go have a ticket and then just cancel at the last minute. But it says both of them, Morgan and uh, Bruce Ismay, who was another owner of White Star Lines, both of them canceled for their health issues, and both of them were seen having holidays. Oh. So do that. Little fishy. Will. Little fishy. Smells of fish, if you will. Um, also, one other thing, kind of interesting, kind of not that important. Um, the supposed Olympic in 1935, once it's done its deed and it's, you know, floated around for as long as they want it to, they'll take it and they'll uh, strip it down. And so in 1935, they stripped the Olympic down, which in our minds, in my mind, is really the Titanic, you know? Yeah. So they stripped it down and they took part of the first class staircase and put it into a hotel in the UK. And the paneling on it is 401. That was actually the paneling used in the Titanic. 400 like was the Olympic. This, the number that they used for that boat. Correct. Ooh. So, does that prove they were actually switched? I don't know. Leave that up to you. Um, some people argue that it was too costly to switch it. They would never do that. It was too costly. But they were in debt. They were sinking in debt. As I said, sorry. As I said before. They were sinking in debt, and um, like I said, money, you know, money talks. Also, they say it would have been hard to keep under wraps. Agreed. In this climate today, you could probably never pull something like that off. But back in the day, when they, I don't even know what cameras looked like back then. they didn't have internet. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think it's pretty probable. I'm buying it. 100% I believe it. People <laughs> think I'm crazy. People in my family laugh at me. I 100% think it's plausible. And I think it's real. The pictures of the things, of the little portholes, um, people value, these are, I have three reasons why I believe it. Okay. People value money more than human life. J.P. Morgan is shady as heck. Fuck, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, just a little J.P. Morgan is shady as <laughs> And thirdly, I like the story. <laughs> it is a good story. Isn't that really good? You make a compelling case. Listen. There's one thing I know is conspiracies, <laughs> and I, I'm buying it. I mean, I don't know if I 
if I am under their hook, line, and sinker, if you will. I will. But, <laughs> I will. But it's interesting, and I think if have people really have people been down to the wreckage of the Titanic to explore? Yeah, much, that but like, not tons, but because I feel like if they could find stuff on there that maybe said the Olympic or you know whatever, I don't know. How crazy would it be if they found paneling and somehow they could find out that it said four oh one, which is the Olympics? Yeah. Or wait, the Olympic was four hundred, or yeah, so the Titanic was four hundred one, but when yeah. they pulled down the Olympic, they had four hundred one. Oh, interesting. So I don't know. It's something to think about. The truth is out there. In my mind, <laughs> I see a little Leo DiCaprio with his little buddy. See, a, what is, what is it? It's a, rubbing it, rubbing it. Oh, I see a little. What is that? It's an oh. What is this Olympic? That's what I see in my mind. <laughs> I love this conspiracy theory. That's a good one. It is. It's, it's a really one. solid good one. And we'll have um, we'll have lots more. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing this. Coming up. I feel like it was weird at first, it's but it's interesting. I think it's a little more weird because we're sitting together now. It'll be less right. weird. We're very <laughs> I'm sorry if my breath smells bad. <laughs> no, I Coffee. think it was fine. I'm not sure. I feel like we should come up with some kind of uh, a segment to wrap up at the end, but okay. I'm not sure yet. What Maybe eventually we'll have like listener stories or something, but. Well, how about this? Just, like, do you have any ghost stories from St. Augustine when you were there? Did you see anything creepy? No. Okay, so this, I will. (laughs) This, the one thing I did see that was kind of cool is, like, I'll show you the pictures that they have taken. And I did see a a photograph up close of uh, of an apparition that looked like it was an old-timey soldier's uniform. (gasps) And it was, like, against the wall of the fort. So it was kind of like see-through and it didn't really like, I don't know, it was hard to tell. It was a printed photo, but it didn't look like it had been photoshopped. It was pretty convincing. Um, And I I didn't have any experiences myself. I did take some pictures on my various ghost tours, but nothing really, uh, nothing really that compelling. So, I guess that'll be it for us. This has been Booze and Ghouls, um, episode one. Again, I'm Alana. I'm Leanne. And we hope you join us next time.